All right, everybody, welcome back to Cork Stats NFL Live on the Mayo Media Net here on YouTube. Man, thank you, everybody, for following us over from baseball. The show has done really, really well. Last week was the you know embarkation show, the first one, and I made probably the worst mistake that a host can make, and I didn't lead with my best foot forward, letting my big mouth get in the way of my introduction, so let's not do that. What's up, Chris Beattie, my friend, and one of the best multi-sport guys, quite literally, in the game. Christian Penning Records speak for himself, man. What's up? Uh, respect big john it's been a while uh when you were asking me if we could get together i was like absolutely i couldn't sleep for like two or three days so <laughs> i am super excited to chop it up with you pick your brain and just uh you know most of all like obviously hopefully your viewers and your listeners get something out of this but just to kind of catch up and talk some football as we man we're like 40 some odd days away from week one it's it's basically here man and i love it yeah and right off the bat of course you mentioned our natural chemistry and connection but it usually does leave something for listeners. And I think that's one of the things we'll be talking about is how, you know, I mentioned the multi-sport thing and I was speaking about this. I had Ian from PFF on last week. He is such a, he is such a goat. And if you could get past me rambling those first five minutes, everybody check that one out. You just go back a little bit, but really it, once I kind of found my groove, you know, I'm so used to rocking alone. And then I was kind of geeking out. I'm working here with guys. I used to, you know, spend all my time listening to. So, Chris, again, welcome and thank you, everybody. Check out the last one. Check out the next one. Hopefully this sticks because I know I'm up to some pretty sharp stuff. And with baseball, you know, I'm kind of the teacher. And with football, I transition into being a, more of a student. And that's what I was doing with Ian, and that's what I'm doing here with you, Chris. So I think we should just get right into it. Let's start, you know, you teaching me learning. So first up, what's up with you? You always have so much going on. Could you just lay out the landscape what can people expect from meanie you know in the upcoming months these transition months yeah yeah i appreciate that so still doing mean streets five days a week uh covering absolutely everything you know obviously hockey and basketball have slowed down a little bit but doing some mlb picks and props just like yourself every single day uh looking at it mostly from a betting angle some season-long content in there maybe just a little bit of a a DFS sprinkle, uh, but lots of football previews, like team previews now, you know, additions, subtractions, win totals, you know, a little bit into the, the future market in terms of player props, uh, but mostly like fantasy. Where are these guys going in drafts? Where's the edges? Where's the value? Stacks from a, you know, a, a best ball standpoint, a season long standpoint. So Mean Streets will continue on. Uh, the hockey season will be here before you know in October. Myself and Eric Young will be back together, Dangle Bet Selling. We also have another show, Eric Young and myself, which will launch in the first week of August uh, over on Game Plus Network as well. Twice a week, it'll be a football show with Eric and I. So on Tuesdays, we'll get together. We'll kind of recap the week, um, you know, Tuesday from Monday Night Football, the week that happened. Hit the waiver wire a little bit, big takeaways. And then on Thursdays, we'll get into, you know, our best bets and, and NFL stuff like that. We also have uh, an MOB betting show launched in august as well three days a week with myself over on game plus network as well of course mayo media networks all over uh game plus network so lots lots happening uh still <laughs> loving it man uh miss you every day but uh yeah still just just grinding and and trying to hit up all the sports so just trying to create a distraction for everyone hopefully uh you know put a few bucks in people's pockets as well well, I mentioned the track record that you just kind of alluded to. I think also we have to add some modesty. How about that lineup? Chris is quite literally the one-man band, like before I was the one-man band. That was you, Chris. You mentioned Eric. I'm a big fan of his. I'm going to actually get to meet him at the Flex Draft you and I were nice. speaking about. He has another really interesting overlap, right? So I always really liked yours. 
it's funny. I joke every child that I've had has cost me a sport. And if I didn't have my son, I might have, me and you might be talking hockey. I was a tremendous Ranger fan. I love the Rangers, but it's just very hard to keep up with all that stuff. But when I get to Eric, it's actually wrestling. And I am, I most, a lot of people may not know this. Oh, God, WWF historian, like an old school. Oh, I no, know. I didn't know. Oh, my gosh. I have seen these things. I used to watch them until my eyeballs fell out. If I was sick and out of school, I've seen, I could probably recite to you the card of every major pay-per-view from 1988 without looking. I'm dead serious and half of the finishes no old kid aside. So I love these interesting overlaps and that was the first thing I wanted to talk about. Multi-sport. Some people say you really need to focus on one thing. I used to feel that way and I think you have to to get something to a certain place like my baseball work. You begin to automate it. You open up your interests. So for you, Chris, who's always on the move, where does your football work begin? I, I know, try not to cop out of me where it never ends. But like, you have no. to put it away a little bit, right? Where, where does it start? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you've been talking some some fantasy guys. You, you know, you mentioned Ian. That guy's like in tune all year. Like if you were asking that question, he's just in tune 24-7, you know, 12 months of the year. Yeah, I, you have to take a little bit of a step back. I remember when I first met Mayo, and I have to give so much credit to Mayo for the position that I'm in right now and even talking to you on Mayo Media Network. He told me, like, you really should pick one and roll with it. Uh, and then when we started to get to know each other really well, he was just like, you know what, just kind of do your thing. You know, you, you may at some points have to take, you know, step step away from certain sports. And I think over the past couple of years, I've, I've really stepped away from the NBA. So, you know, right around the NFL draft is kind of where I just say goodbye to the NBA. I'll get back into it come playoff time, give some picks and some bets that way. Hockey's just nonstop for me. So I'm into it. NFL draft. And then I kind of have to step away a little bit after that draft. I'll kind of put together what I think, you know, a little quick projections, initial projections, depth chart, things like that. And then I get back into the hockey and it's really just kind of balls to the wall in the NHL until, you know, we get into the third round. There's only like four, there's four teams left, eight teams left. And then I can get back into it NFL wise. So it's roughly, I'll take the break, honestly, from the minute that Super Bowl is won in, in February draft and then away from it again until probably four weeks ago, like the middle of June, maybe first couple weeks in June, back into everything with, you know, oh, yeah, what's the coaches coaching changes, the defensive players? Everybody knows that the top dogs that left and Adams and Tyree Kill and right. AJ Brown, a lot of uh, this offseason was crazy. Um, so then you get back into maybe the coaching you know, defense, offensive lines, um, looking at team futures, looking at yeah, divisions. So, yeah, I, I kind of baseball's this like baseball too, right? You have baseball to kind of hammer home through everything from April until you know, right into football. Like once we get into September, all four of the big four sports will be rolling again. I don't know how Pat does it with the golf in there as well. So I, I take a little bit of a break until probably the first couple weeks of June, but now that, you know, it's, we're pushing August, it's, it's football every day. Yeah. I think it's time to have your eye on it now. And I think you and I are probably similar in the time frame, a little different in the approach, but again, this is always something I talk about, Chris. I try not to be right opposed to wrong. You and I just do it differently. The thing that I want people to realize, cause I do get this question a lot is just be better at scheduling, be good at scheduling. No, yeah. To put something down, like this morning, I was rushing to get all my baseball tools out. If you're unfamiliar, everybody, there's one more hat tip for our dude, Pat Mayo, as good a guy or better as you can imagine, who oh, yeah. you know really has brought me 
all the ability, you know, by screaming children to bring you this awesome show, I hope. But to Chris's point and what matters, the specialization of trade, understanding what you're good at, I think to Pat, one more last hat tip is allowing things to flourish, right? Not putting things, not forcing things into a box, but sometimes exactly. it's, it could be too much, right? So you need to you need to try and do as much as possible, but know what's efficient, what isn't. That's what I mean. Today I was juggling a whole bunch of stuff, and I said at this time you have to set it down and kind of shift gears and get into other stuff. And then one last thing you mentioned that, of course, I mentioned before, there are no limit to Ian and Dwayne McFarlane PFF mentions that we can have here because oh, of yeah. people like that, because of yeah. people like that, and how incredibly sharp they stay throughout the entire season. It allows somebody like me in a very little bit of time, right, because what am I talking about? Being efficient, right, which matters. I do a ton of work. If you're going to handicap baseball 15 games every single day, you better be efficient. Right, you better be efficient. And at the detail that I'm trying to bring some of this stuff, it's almost too much. It's almost too much. So you learn to automate, you learn to become efficient, and again, you learn to not watch hockey. Like that was my thing, right? So you have to, (laughs) but you have to understand what works and what doesn't. I think, Chris, that's one of the keys from watching from the outside that I would say watching is the key to your success. That yeah, you you juggle several balls, but not so many that I ever feel like the quality of your production falls like the quality of the work really doesn't fall and in fact you've actually watching your stuff knowing firsthand you've been quite honest about it when you feel stretched out you know so i think there's a level of transparency to your work that really matters too man i'm telling you everybody obviously not following chris just just unfollow me don't follow him just unfollow me (laughs) kind words dude man uh (laughs) not not needed but i do appreciate that and i think you know it's pretty good advice for people that are watching that maybe want to get into this industry as well i mean you certainly want to follow your passion but um you don't want to do it just for the sake of doing it like i just you know you you really have to you're not fooling anybody with your analysis like you're not just want you don't want to half-ass it you want to you want to dive into what you what you really feel passionate about but also give the best analysis that you can and you know it is certainly a grind and that was me you know eight ten years ago in this industry like oh my goodness like i'm a little overwhelmed like i i feel like you know it's 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 covering basketball on a nightly basis and then nhl and then once you get into march like all this everything is happening in march like everything oh you want to give a little bit of march madness stuff it's like okay you got to dive into that but then the nfl draft is happening free agency races in the nhl are happening you want to have you know mlb drafts are happening as well nba races for playoffs are happening but yeah you can find a, a bit of a balance there i've i've stepped away from the association i'll never step away uh from the NHL and you know, I'll never step away from football and baseball. Those two sports are king as well. So yeah, it's it's fun, man. Is still here, so still having fun. That's the, I think the biggest thing, biggest takeaway. That's right. And you got the maple syrup in your veins to prove it. That's right, NHL. That's he, right, he's not going, he's not going anywhere. Go, no, Chris, all, all can aside, before we chop into the football, I yep. know you know, people people want to know about that stuff. I know I get asked it a lot, and I've asked you that in my past, you being one of the people that's really helped me, you know, kind of get to where you want to go. And the main takeaway from what you just said for me was provide value. You have to provide value. Yeah, There's a ubiquitous flow of information. A lot of people are copying and pasting stuff. Now maybe more so than recently, you know, but you got to, you got to provide value. Think about what's not being done, how you can do it. Think about what may be missing and how you can fill that hole. It's not always brain surgery that gets you there. I am like quite literally the living embodiment of that. Yes, I my work, the things I've made are clever. I, I give you that. A lot of them are not incredibly complicated. The quality start stuff, a lot of stuff that I've moved forward with, triple slashes and things are just intuitive. So there, everybody, provide value, 
work hard, know what you're good at, specialization trade. That's really what I was hoping for the first 10 minutes with Chris Meany. Thank you so much because people want to leave with things. You know what I mean? They want to leave. You provide value to content creators, Chris, not just the listeners. But now let's stop worrying about me. Let's get into them. My blind spot coming from baseball, again, 24-7, almost feels like an understatement, right? If I could create another hour in the day for myself, I'd probably spend it working on baseball like an idiot. <laughs> so you actually mentioned the thing that winds up in my blind spot. Yeah, I'm not going to brag about knowing that Tyreek Hill is on the move. But where right. I find it, this probably isn't just me. I think it's a fantasy community at, at large. The things that you mentioned, like line moves, coaching moves, organizational moves, these things I believe are undersung or sometimes flat out ignored. So you already spoke to their importance, so you, you probably agree. I see you nodding. What, which ones stood out to you did, and, or did any stand out to you maybe more so than others? I'm still picking up on this stuff as we go. Yeah, there's uh, certainly a couple of big ones for sure. Um, like Brian Dable comes to mind right away. Like if you followed the New York Giants over the past couple of years, they've been one of the worst offenses in the league in each of the past two seasons, like 28th, 29th. Uh, can't get anything done on the ground. Can't get anything done through the year. Of course, Saquon suffered a couple injuries. The offensive line hasn't been great. We can all make so many excuses about Daniel Jones. But last year, there was a point in the season where they were like on their own eight third and eight and they ran like a quarterback sneak it looked like a, a goal line play and it's like what the heck is happening there right so you bring in a guy like brian dable who did wonders with josh allen who's a great play caller um they do have some weapons inside the offense uh you know they draft one robinson but Kadarius tony's a nice little piece the offensive line is better i thought they had a good strong draft at least the first couple rounds i really like their first few picks offensively get an edge rusher and you know get somebody to to help protect Daniel Jones and, you know, maybe create some space for Saquon Barkley in there as well. So I like the addition of Brian Dable. I think it's huge. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to be able to turn Daniel Jones into Josh Allen. He probably has one foot out the door, but it's, you know, they didn't get any touchdowns from any of their wide receivers really last year. Dante Pettis had a touchdown. Um, I think John Ross had a touchdown, like Kenny Galladay had zero touchdowns. You know what I mean? So he, they paid that big contract for him. He averaged like 37 yards per game or something silly like that. So that's, that's probably one of the bigger ones uh, for yeah. me, Brian Dable going to New York. I like Josh McDaniels going to the Raiders as well. I think it's going to be a, I don't want to say too much here that it's going to be like the 07 undefeated Pat season that they had, but there's a couple, couple similar pieces. Now, Derek Carr is not going to be Tom Brady. Devontae Adams is not going to be Randy Moss and Hunter Renfro is not going to be Wes Welker, but I think the offense will run very similar to how the offense ran in those days. And last time we saw McDaniels as a head coach, he was pretty young in the league. I mean, he did some things with Team Tebow. They won some games. It's exciting. Uh, he wanted to leave the Pats and go to the Colts a few years ago. Remember that? And he's just like, all of a sudden, one day, he's like, nah, I don't want to be the coach anymore, even though they had like a verbal agreement. So maybe he's done, like he's matured a little bit. But he did some great things last year with Mac Jones. Nobody thought Mac Jones would be the best rookie quarterback in the NFL last year. And he was. He was the best yeah. rookie quarterback in the NFL. He kind of cooled off towards the end of last season. But he was accurate. Play Collins fine. So I like that addition as well. A couple other ones like Nathaniel Hackett. Going over to Denver, I think they have the tight end coach from Green Bay as the offensive coordinator in there as well. So it could be a very similar Green Bay offense. And some reports are going to cater to Russell Wilson. Of course, they're going to cater to Russell Wilson. Some of these offseason reports are jokes, right? Like, oh, the Broncos are going to cater to Russell Wilson. They're going to build the offense around Russell Wilson. Who, who would have thought that they would do something like that? They made all these trades and they got Russell Wilson. Of course, they're going to. Um, cater their offense around a Super Bowl champion in Russell Wilson, but you can see some screens there that they ran a lot in Green Bay. Uh, a couple others. 
Doug Peterson, right. I, that one may just go over the over the radar, not really thinking about it because it's Jacksonville, but the Jags were a bloody mess last year. They were atrocious. Urban Meyer, it took a while for Urban Meyer to realize like Carlos Hyde is not the Carlos Hyde that he had in Ohio State, that he had James Robinson to give him the ball. There's clearly some a lot of frustrations with that squad. Doug Peterson did wonders in Philly with um, Nick Foles, of course, when they won the Super yep. Bowl, but also Carson Wentz has struggled over the past few years. Carson Wentz's best season with Doug Peterson that year that they won the Super Bowl. And he ha- actually had MVP votes despite not finishing the season due to a blown knee. So I like that addition. Peterson's going to, I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is going to be uh, unbelievable this year, but he's going to take steps forward. Uh, he's a former quarterback in the league. He's been around really good coaches in the NFL. So I think that move is really great for the Jags organization and great for Trevor Lawrence. And then one more for you, um, Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. Leaving L.A., offensive coordinator with the Rams last year, going to Minnesota. Minnesota has been um, led by a defensive-minded coach in Zimmer over the past couple of seasons. Their defense hasn't even really been all that good over the past couple of years. Uh, A lot of people are saying that Justin Jefferson will have the Cooper Cup role. You know who has a Cooper Cup role? Cooper Cup. I think like the offense could run pretty similar, though. They ran a lot of three wide receiver sets in L.A. last year, the most out of any team. So... Over the years, it's just been like Adam Thielen, you know, Diggs and Thielen, Diggs and Thielen, who's that third wide receiver. And then the past couple of years have been Thielen, Jefferson, Thielen, Jefferson. KJ Osborne could show up this year, run more free wide receiver sets, get on the field a little bit more. I believe they ran like 86% of the time last year in LA. And I know a lot of it was Sean McVay, but having an offensive minded coach in Minnesota, I think will not only do, I mean, Jefferson's 3,000 yards in two years in the NFL. He's been unbelievable. Thielen's been a touchdown machine, but you could see guys like KJ Osborne. Irv Smith gets sprinkled in the offense a little bit more. Uh, maybe both running backs. All we know is when Dalvin Cook is healthy, it's all Dalvin Cook. And when he's not healthy, it's all Alexander Madison. Who knows? Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be 70-30 this year. Maybe they'll they'll sprinkle a little bit more of Madison because he's a pretty good back too. So those are the coaching changes that really stand out to me. I know they have a new regime in Chicago. That's got to be wonders for Justin Fields and company, even though they're lacking a ton of weapons in that offense. Man, that was a really excellent job, really comprehensive stuff. And like I said, I was kind of hanging on the edge of my chair because that's – really what matters right now if you're involved with fantasy football at all it's probably best ball or right it's usually not it's really not fab time yet we're going to get into that in just a second i guess that'll be kind of the segue but just to put the bow on what you said about those teams i think what i hadn't realized until again you know you talk to smart people that's why i do it a lot of the very bad teams Kind of made a big change. And it's funny. Yeah. All bad teams make it. They don't always make changes. Okay. I'm a no. Jets fan. We, we know about bad teams that, <laughs> that try and stay. Well, you know what's funny? Again, I, I do that half tongue the cheek because as fans, we want chemistry and continuity. I believe they're very important. I think the worst thing you could do in football, very similar to trading stocks, is system hop. It's like the worst thing you could do. All right, this is what I'm going to do. And you don't even give it a chance to mature and you end up changing it to something else. Before you know it, you're kind of spinning yourself around into circles. But the, so what does that mean, Chris? It's really important to make the right decision, right? Make the it right is. decision. And once you believe yeah. in it, then you can kind of go for it. So it's going to be interesting to see if they made the right decision. A lot of the coaches you mentioned have track record and even more specifically track record in that, I don't want to say field, like it's football, but right. Even more specifically catering to a mobile quarterback, you know, these kind of things that I think matter when it comes to schematics and stuff like that. And I wonder right off the bat, if they're those 
you know, totals, those teams' futures are being shorted. Again, something we'll get to in a little bit. That's a tease. While we're teasing you, please press the cartoon thumb button below me. Rate, review, and subscribe. We are – this is on – yeah, I don't do a great job promoting. I've always been like a, a more steak than sizzle. Yeah, surprise. But, like, the, I'm just saying <laughs> – I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm like, oh, if your work is really great, it will shine through. But at the end of the day, but like, how many cartoon fingers do you get? I don't know. How many do you get? Well, I didn't get enough, Not, I didn't get no, enough cartoon fingers. I don't fingers. get a lot. No, no. I don't get I a get lot enough. either. No, yeah, you, you got to say it. Mayo does such a good job of smash that like button. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. He's great. But yeah, he's great. You're going to hang engaging. out. So Big John's giving you content all the time. Do him a solid. Smash we're up. adding value. Hopefully we just added value with all those moves. Now, please rate, review, and subscribe. This is on the fantasy football picks and bets. And again, hat tip to Patty Mayo. You know, allowed us just to put some extra content in here. I think my spin's always going to be a little bit unique. And if anything, I just like to leave people thinking. When I'm doing the learning like we're doing here, I, that's great. You know, I'm learning with people, I'm very open about my process, and you are as well. One of the reasons you and I get along so well, dude. The offense is crazy this year. It's yeah, a, well, here we go. Let's go, let's get into just that. Yeah, like, yeah, like, my let's get into just that because of because of the moves, right? The first thing we want to do is kind of think to capitalize on mm -hmm. those moves. It makes a lot of sense. So, when we get to the end, what does your portfolio look like? So, like, when you I mentioned it being a little bit early for Fab, which I do defend. But do you think there is a place for Fab? Like, are you playing Fab because of capitalizing on early ADP values, let's say? Yeah, I, I play with Fab. I do like to play with Fab. I think everybody should, honestly. It's the fairest way, and I think that's what you want to have come fantasy football. Uh, I think now, though? Now you're playing already? Yeah. Uh, no, now I haven't done any season-long drafts. Okay. No, 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 That's no. Right. But I will play Fab. Yeah, no, I've all my drafts that I've done, I've done some best ball at a cut line over at NFFC. Uh, I've done some best ball drafts as well. And, you know, some just some of my keeper and dynasty leagues. I, I've already done rookie drafts. And then, um, like, next week I'll do another rookie draft here. Um, it'll be, like, a four-round. It's, like, a 15-year dynasty league. It's, like, a 33-man roster IDP in there as well. So we'll we'll draft probably, like, six or seven rounds once we get in, into some defensive players in there. But um, I'm, I'm still – I'm still I'm old school. I still love the season-long stuff. Uh, I will play in, like, double-digit season-long leagues. I'm in a bunch of keeper leagues. And every year I always say I'm going to cut back in leagues. And then there's one more – you know, Jake's got his flex, and then there's another one. Oh, you you joined this one, the Independence Day draft. I did actually – I have lied. I, I've done a couple. I did one season-long Independence Day draft on SiriusXM. Howard Bender ran it. I'm like the lone <laughs> random Canadian in that draft, but I love it. It's like tight end <laughs> premium, which is really different to think about when you see tight, 10 tight ends go off the board within the first two and a half rounds. It's really like, oh, my goodness. Um but I am like right now it's best ball. I do love best ball. I like the idea of like drafting and and just forget about it and just kind of yeah, let it, you know, pile up. And you could really find there's there's pros and cons, right? About drafting right now. I think best ball, you can get away with it. You can make a lot of cases for people in best ball. You can find edges and value right now before these players that you think could be good in new roles or rookies that you think could be okay. Like for example. If you're sitting there in a draft right now and you're deciding between Sky Moore or MBS, you're like, okay, which way do I go? I think Sky Moore, but which way do I go? You make that decision. If we get into training camp here a month from now when you're drafting and Sky Moore's had a you know a really nice rapport with Patrick Mahomes, you're hearing reports all the time. Maybe he pops off in a preseason game or two. The guy just skyrockets up the board. But if you feel like he would be the guy anyways, you can certainly find these values right now. But if you're playing, you know, season long, 
I would wait it out as long as you can um, just to kind of avoid the injuries. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing for me. But there's certainly a lot of values in best ball, but I'm playing everything. Uh, guillotine yeah, yeah. league as well. Um, oh, I like Brad that. Ziggler, former big leaguer, Ziggler. Yeah, yeah. Him and I used to work together with Jake Seeley. We had our own podcast over at The Athletic. And yeah, he runs uh, he runs one with a couple former baseball league players. I, I forget some of the names that, that are in it now. Uh, but it's it's super fun. I, you If you come last for the week, you're done. You're just out. But basically, you just don't want to come last. And you move on. Yeah, and then that so person who comes that. last week one, it's kind of a crapshoot to start. Yeah. Whoever yeah, comes yeah, yeah. last week one is just done and everybody can bid on those players for that waiver wire heading into week two you bid on those players that are dropped it's i my strategy for that is i'd like to get the stars because i want to advance and then i'll figure it out you know there's always going to be some good players that are available on the waiver wire but you do have to look ahead at the schedule a little bit see week one week two uh get some guys that have some really strong floors and just hopefully that you could you know build uh more balanced team throughout the season with players that are on the wing or how about the specifics would you prefer waiver to fab i came up cbs style waiver as i get older i think yeah. fab is clearly i'm I not sure if there is the way argument. to go yeah fab, i mean fab is way more fair i'm not sure if there's an argument it is that. it is and it took I'm one of my home leagues it took a little bit for the people in my league to kind of warm up to it they're like ah fab more money budget i don't know how to how much to spend you know, people are blowing their load after week yeah, one, yeah, week yeah. two. Uh, I understand that, but uh, heck, people did it last year with Elijah Mitchell. A lot of sharp people do it with Elijah Mitchell. They they spent a hundred percent of their fab after what week two or after week one when when Sermon or Raheem Mostert went down. And Sermon never really mm-hmm. had a chance, but Raheem Mostert went down. Everyone was like Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell. But I think it just it's fair for everybody. It's fun. It's cool. It's really nice to see the bids the next day as well. You can have that fun conversation with people in your league mates. Oh, you know, I needed one more dollar to get this guy. And but there's I just a, think it's, that's a it's competition, better. right? That's it a competition. Is, yeah. yeah. I like that. So how about I'm just now getting introduced to Superflex. Now I was a I was a fantasy football junkie back in the day. Like I have those receipts. I got away from it with baseball. And when I reintroduced to football, it was more DFS and betting and prop betting. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of again, it's very easy to sour on fantasy football. I think one of the mistakes I made was starting too early. And if you sink a ton of money into some early leagues and you lose that first round pick before the season starts, I again that's why I just think best ball exists. You know, right. um, exactly. especially if you're playing big money to kind of wait. What about Superflex? I mean, I'm hearing about this now. I, I ended up joining one, uh, a best ball. I don't know if I really liked it. It just seemed like a, a quarterback rushed to, at the front door. Everybody rushes for quarterbacks. Yeah, do you, do you like that? And how about just finish off all the rest of the stuff, like kickers and defense, and then we'll move past. But I'm just curious. Yeah. You with I, fantasy formatting. Yes. Um, so – I do like Superflex. I think it's interesting. For me, I I'm just like I I love sports so much and I like I I love digging deep into things. So I find it there there if you're playing in a single quarterback league with like 10 year buddies or or 12 people, there's really good quarterbacks on the waiver wire and and sometimes you have to make those tough decisions and that's part of it as well to make that tough decision. I mean, you could have Geez, I remember last year I had Joe Burrow and um, maybe Kyler on one squad because Burrow was hanging around the waiver wire. And then all of a sudden you have to make those tough decisions. And, you know, you could, you can, people don't like to make those decisions. They, it's like, ah, I got two quarterbacks. There's good ones on the waiver wire. I, I, I don't really like to make that. I make the wrong call. Uh, I like Superflex because 
you get to kind of get everybody in there. Like you get those decent quarterbacks that are on the waiver wire that you could also play on your teams as well. But you are right. It is a different draft. It is quarterback heavy. You don't have to do it though. You can go the other way, right? Zag, zig. You can go the other way. If those first 10 quarterbacks are off the board in the first couple rounds and you don't have one of them, I don't think it's the end of the world. You could have a really strong running back, a really strong wide receiver. There's value at the quarterback position outside the top 10 and guys like Lance and Fields and Aaron Rodgers is going outside the top 10. Yeah, I'm not a huge on Rodgers, but he's going outside the top 10. I love Derek Carr this year. So there's a lot of value. I don't mind Superflex. It is different. I think I like the traditional way of drafting. Start one quarterback, start one tight end. Uh, but I understand why people are playing more super flex, playing tight end premium, just to kind of get a larger pool like you in baseball. Like, why not have a draft of 40 rounds so we can draft yeah, bench yeah. players or platoon guys that could go into fall into to bigger roles? I, I'm that's kind of how I've always been. My fantasy hockey leagues are are deeper than any buddies that I ever play in. Uh, I like to dig deep and have other random statistics that are included in it. I would eliminate kickers. I'm with Jake. I think it's pretty. Um, I think it's pretty random. I don't like to have my week decided on a kicker. I just think it's. Uh, I think it's. It honestly is pretty pretty fluky. Um, you yeah. could look into it all you want. Say, okay, I'm going to draft a kicker um, on a team like um, I don't know. Zach Taylor's not all that aggressive inside the red zone. Maybe I'm going to draft McPherson. Everyone loves McPherson now because of the the show that he had last year in the playoffs. But you could look into it like that. You know, divisions, tough divisions is going to be, you know, a, a defensive grind, offensive grind. I'm going to draft a kicker inside a dome or things like that. But I I, I would like to eliminate them, but I like yeah. defenses. I think there's certainly yeah. a, a more of a strategy when it comes to drafting a, a defense <laughs> in a special team. I, I'm out on the kicker. Right? Get rid of them. You know, I'm, you know I have this, this Cheshire Cat smile on my face because when, <laughs> when I was playing season long and we were playing with kickers, like, yes, it is. You're not wrong. The math backs it up. It's fluky. But there would always be a kicker or two, depending on your format. Maybe it was mine. I was in leagues that rewarded for longer kicks, right? So That's if you're getting, you getting a, you're getting right three for a kick, you, let's say you're getting bonus three for 50s. You would, I mean, I would, or I thought sharp players at the time were. Getting mm-hmm. at one point it was uh Janikowski, right? Seabass, and oh, the other, yeah. at, and then it was Greg Zerline for a little while before he was before he was Legatron. It kind of went south. There was a couple of years he was awesome, then it was Justin Tucker. So I can tell you, I remember like I remember these guys, they stick with you because they're really become part of your draft plan. I only think a few of them stick out. So to that point, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of silly. I like some of what I've seen where you could choose the team. Kind of kicking. Team it's kick- not just a you, kicker. I guess NFFC is pretty guess. cool. I do yeah, like, I like that. that the NFFC cut line draft I did. You can just draft a team, which you know, you at that point you could, you know, battles are won, injuries are won. You can just have at least the no team zeros, and, and right? Go. Exactly. Yeah, That's at least no zeros. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, so I, I that was crazy. Enough. Years ago, yeah, enough kicking. But I will say this: <laughs> years ago, when I worked with Pat at Fantasy Sports uh, Network, uh, we had a guy come in. He was more of a comedian and he was, we did a show together. It was uh, mostly just him kind of, you know, picking my brain and other people's brains and just wanted to have some fun. And he started up a three kicker league um, where you had to start three kickers. Yeah. Think about it. There's like 10 people in the league and we have people who had like five kickers on one squad. Other people are, don't even have three kickers to roll out. I tell you what, it was uh, a very interesting draft. 
like just like stop. 15 kickers went off the board in the first 50 picks. Okay, not, okay. Not Let's cool. if not cool. anyone that survived the three kicker talk is definitely a fan. So thank you all yeah, of you. <laughs> Get out of here, Chris. Come on. Damn for you, baby. All right. All right. Enough of the season long stuff because again, I think that needs to be revisited. It's important to know where you want to be yeah. slotted, but where the love right now is is best ball. I'm drafting these things yeah. around the clock. DraftKings has a cool product. There's a couple other ones. They're all pretty similar. I actually did just a preliminary kind of ADP study. They're all really, really quick. And I would just point to people that are trying to get something from this. I don't think there's much there. I really don't. I don't think there's I don't think there's anything in trying to capitalize on a site-to-site difference in ADP of 10 when my error bar on a ten on ADP is is ten anyway. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I I tend to draft on the ends when I have a choice. I tend to pull a lot of ends. I don't know if that's lucky, lucky. or not. I've, yeah. I guess I've I, like a, I, I like I've it. I've either gotten I've I've yeah I've gotten an uncanny amount of ones so far. I mean, I just right. You expect to get one out of twelve. So yeah. any if I'm they're coming like every single draft is number one that I've even diversified on my number one pick, which is usually strange. Not something you do. You don't get enough of it. But to that point, ADP, to me, Chris, I, we've been there, man. I've heard this song before. I really do not. I do not care about ADP almost at all. Almost at all other than other than to fade it, right? To use it to anticipate the moves of the rubes in order to kind of counterpunch that. So before that, I think that's a good topic. Would you speak to ADP in general just quick? Yeah, I think you said it perfectly, man. I, I, You could use it as a guideline if you want, but don't let it be everything for you. Don't like if you like a guy, I see this all the time. And even sometimes I could fall into that trap as well. Like I like a guy in the fifth round and he's on average going in the seventh round, sixth round. And I like, oh, maybe I can get him in the next round. Maybe this is a reach. And I don't get the guy that I want. Why? Because of the ADP. And I feel like maybe I look silly taking this guy or I think like he's not going to return value at that point. I think you throw ADP really out the window. You draft guys that you want. Uh, you go in with a strategy, you have your own rankings, your own projections. It's like a very key to have that as well. But also like just draft guys that you want to have. Like it's okay. This whole ADP thing, especially early on in the season when you're doing best ball all the time, like it's kind of all over the place, man. Like, you know, you could guys are, in one draft going much earlier than the average draft. And it's, that's okay. Uh, I think it's perfectly fine. I think in best ball too, like you get your quarterback, you get your stacks. Uh, it's not everything. Like you don't go in. I don't go into the draft and say like, Oh, I got to have a Bengal stack here. Or I got to have a Raider stack. You can let things fall to you and the draft fall to you. Um, but I think ultimately like ADP is just in all sports. It is just, it is just overblown, man. Like it, it's just too much. And I'm not looking far too far ahead either. Into, like, I get it. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not sharp enough for that. Like Don't week fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Say, I'm not say really it. looking ahead say too it. much. I'm, say I'm taking a peek. I say see it. who's playing who. But my goodness, you gotta get there. You I'll have say to get it. there. I'll say it. I'll say it. Drafting for week seventeen is so, it's so stupid. Silly. It's it so, so stupid. Please, so much please, somebody, will the week seventeen drafter please, please, just give me the the standings? Can I have yeah. the standings? If you do, you have the injury report? Perhaps the weather? <laughs> I got, just stop it. We know defenses have this huge year-over-year turnover rate. Again, I've done oh, a bit yeah. of this work before. Once you get like a four or five game sample for a defense, that's really what you want to be worrying about. 
we don't know where these defenses are necessarily going to be. The injuries, there's still trades. It just, I, I okay, I will go to the point of if one of your centerpiece stacks, you know, is formed already and you're at the end of a draft, I guess like looking sure. to maybe a late pair if it works. Like everything has to fit. Everything it has does. to fit. Everything has to fall into place. I, but it, it's funny because I'm actually – I don't know if this is necessarily a direct counter to what I'm about to say. But the reason I ignore ADP is because of the very limited roster spots. So one of the reasons that everyone hates best balls and one of the reasons I really like it. It's a very difficult puzzle. And if you draft a bunch of these, you're going to have a certain percentage of them that are burned to injury. That's just what it is. There aren't enough spaces to recoup X amount of injuries. Now, I know it's very frustrating – but you also have to remember kind of zero-sum games. So the leagues that you didn't lose those players, someone else did, right, nears your advantage. So I think I think that means best ball should be played. I don't mean to, mean to say uh, mass injury. You don't need 150. But I don't think you should be playing one. I think you should be playing five or playing ten, even if it's like once a month. Now, yeah. to, the, to the strict roster management, this is where I really want to get out of you. I forgot it in the notes, but this is really important stuff for people because I have been noticing that – I've, again, you mentioned zigging, zagging, and I don't know if I'm just a stupid baseball guy. Maybe this first time around I will be, but I've been noticing where everyone's like zero RB, I'm zero wide receiver. Chris, the reason is the roster spaces are limited, and I find or feel at least if I get a really good quarterback and or tight end, I don't need three of them. I only need two of them. Like that's how simple it is for me. If I have Josh Allen, I'm going to try and get a guy like you mentioned, like Fields later on, maybe Zach Wilson, and call it a day. That roster spot is almost priceless to me. Whereas if you start with Cousins, who I get, listen, I get the Cousins bull case. I get it. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. if you get Cousins, I don't know if you can go Cousins and Zach Wilson and hope to call it a day. I don't know if there are enough spike weeks in there to win it all. Right? You have to win it all. You have to win it all. Maybe Fields has some good spike cases. But again, with Cousins, I just think you need a third. Same for tight end. Outside of... I'm not a big Kelsey guy at the price. I really like Andrews. Mm-hmm. I do really like Pitts. I'm afraid outside of those guys. Again, I think you need three tight ends. People are really big on like Albert O, even guys like Dalton Schultz. I mean, you, you compare Schultz with Cole Komet later on and end up with very little. I know people hate to hear that, but it's the fact. If you just get a very standard three for 36 in a score, four for 27 no score, three for 51 no score, right? It's very easy to see Dalton Schultz falling to the back of the tight end one conversation just out of regression. Again, I don't like the Cowboys. I yeah. think they're a good yeah. offense, but a lot of mouths to feed. So now with mm-hmm. me going with all of that, you, I'm going to hit mute. I just want you to go because there's a lot there. Because I, well, I want you to speak to the roster ship, it being so kind of narrow and how you deal with it. I said mine. Again, might not be right or wrong, just different. How do you approach that? Do you think that answer I gave is sharp, let's say? I, I Yeah, I do, actually. I think we're on the same page. I'm seeing, a, you know, people will share their teams all, all the time. And, you know, it's a lot of talk that everyone wants that alpha wide. And I understand. I get it. Like, I mean, if you get your hands on a Cooper Cup, a Justin Jefferson, I mean, good for you. Jamar Chase, I think that's all fantastic. But um, I, I guess it's just because I don't love a lot of running backs. Like, I like to get the running backs. I think you have to have a bell cow. You have to have two stud running backs. You have to. You can make a case for all, all these other guys going outside the top 30 or 40. Like, oh, you know, could fall into a larger role or needs an injury. Like, you do have to have some luck on your side, certainly. Um, obviously, you do have to have that. But um, I just think there's the wide receiver position has been so deep for years that you could start off with, like you said, a stud tight end. I'm not huge on Kelsey either, 
I like Andrews. I like Pitts. Uh, I may like Dalton Schultz a little bit more than you, but uh, I like the idea of of kind of starting with. I don't have too many drafts where I have more than four running backs, four or five running backs. But I tell you what, those two of those four better be like bell cow backs to me or like leads guys that can that guys that are going to stay on the field as much as possible they're not going to get off the field like antonio gibson antonio gibson could get goal line carries taken away from him the new running back in town and and robinson um they we know that jd mckissick was brought back he's been the what he's got i think he's got the fourth most catches among running backs over the last three years he had 80 catches two years ago he's two minute drill guy he's third down guy I like to get, I don't like to mess around with that. I'm trying to shoot for upside with running backs. So I want to get a bell cow back in with my, in my first round or my second round. There's some value on, on Saquon this year. There's some questions around Camara, but those are guys that I think are falling a little bit. Cam Akers, like I want to get a guy that's on the field. So I am kind of maybe the opposite of what the normal is in terms of like zero RB. I'd like to get a couple. I'd like to get a couple studs and then anywhere from like rounds three to eight or nine. I mean, there's values this year on Allen Robinson. And um, Oh yeah. It, I think, I like, think you nailed uh, you, you absolutely nailed it. I, yeah, that's it. I think people try and put, you mentioned it before, of course, people try and predetermine the strategy and fit it where the, the board is unique every year and we're it's dealing always, with a yeah. game, right? The game is changing towards more passing, which again, just lends it. It to is. And, and more committees. So more running back committees paired yep. with more passing. And we have yep. people, again, very sharp. I'm not looking to knock them. But again, I will platform these people. We can argue this out. Putting these best ball rosters up without a week one starting running back. And, and I'm, I'm failing to see... You're not, not going to You're not going to win that way. You got to win. win. You have I don't to understand it all. You're yeah. not going to come out of the box fast if you're even if I've seen it. Matt Alexander yeah. Madison is the number one. Like you just can't. I don't think you could do that. It's, it's not going to work out. I just don't think so it could much work things. For you. you need so many things to break your way, John. Immediately, immediately break your way. And then yeah. Stick. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm I mean, with you on that. I'm with you. We talk ADP. Kinda, we, we, we did chat ADP and like value and, and things like that and not like, you know, being too serious inside the ADP. But ultimately, like <laughs> you want to be able to I think you need to have a bell cow. You can't just say, oh, well, I like where Alexander Madison's going or or I don't believe in CH. And I like where Ronald Jones is going. Like these guys can't be your RB1. They just can't. No, you know, they don't catch falls things. either. Ronald yeah, Jones. and exactly. So many things have to fall your way drafting like well, let me ask you where does that end where does it end for you you mentioned you mentioned the very end of my personal tier one of the guys i was very high on is now a market darling and etn is like flying i've seen yeah, him going like yeah. the second or third round now it's a bit rich for me you mentioned cam Akers, somebody that i kind of had pegged as maybe is kind of like the last guy i'd be comfortable i really want him as my, my two frankly chris i don't know if i want him as my one but he's certainly mm-hmm. the last guy i think of as being a kind of a one how about you? Could you draw up that shelf for us? Yeah, I think I think Acres is a one. Um, I really do. I know he wasn't efficient last year when he came back from the Achilles injury, but he went, all the defenses that he faced were all top ten defenses. I mean, he faced San Fran, I think twice. Believe it or not, the Bengals were a top ten run defense. He faced the Bucks, so he went up against some pretty stiff competition. I think it was just very telling that Sean McVay was willing to give him a ton of touches and a ton of work. Like, so I view him as like a guy and Daryl Henderson's always with soft tissue issues all the time with this guy. So I feel like he certainly um, is a one that's probably the cutoff. I mean, Jones, I like Jones, even though he's going to have a bit of a split backfield, I still think he's going to catch a lot of balls. 
in the backfield. Fournette, I know he's checking in overweight, but he's still the guy there. He's a veteran back. He's never been like a slim dude anyways. I think he can get right. to where he needs to be. Uh, Chubb, Kamara, Akers. Connor's not going to catch a ton of passes into the backfield, but he'll catch enough. Yeah, ETN has really driven up uh, boards. I think Brees Hall is fine too uh, with your Jets. I mean, I think he could be what? Didn't we hear not this drafting him as an RB1. Didn't we do Carter. this last year with Michael Carter? He was going top 100. I remember he me was. and Nelson were flying all over Michael Carter. He even looked good at points. And now what? He's just – he's a, you know, like I'm having trouble filling in that blank because he's still being drafted. He's still healthy. He's still projected for carries and such. Are we discarding him wholly? Do you need to draft him? And you know what? How about this? Take that away with the next thing I think that's an important best ball strategy, Chris, would be pairing. So talk to me about the Jets yeah, backfield yeah, yeah. and then pairing. Yeah, I, I Carter's really good. Like, I do like him, but, I mean, they drafted Brees Hall. I mean, didn't they move up two picks? Just two picks to make sure that they had this guy? I don't know that's, anything about college good. football. I have no it's idea. Very, it's well, very I telling. I think they moved up two picks, dude. Just two picks to get this guy in Brees Hall. So they clearly wanted him. Right. Uh, they wanted him in that backfield. He could be a bell cow. I think Carter's just, honestly, I think we kind of pour one out for him. It's like another one of those guys that you're just drafting. Like, you need an injury to kind of happen for him to fall into a larger workload, but um, yeah, I think Hall is going to be the lead. I think, you know, we will see Carter sprinkled in a little bit. Maybe he gets like four or five carries. Uh, maybe he gets six or seven off the hop and it's just mostly Brees Hall eventually throughout the year and, and, you know, sprinkle on a little Carter on third down roll. But um, yeah, stacks are important. There's a couple other backs I do want to throw out. Um, yeah, go, go, go. That could be, could be valuable. I know that, um, you know, Miles Sanders had zero touchdowns last year, and I know that everybody's in on Javante Williams, but those are two backs, too. Like, if you decide that, you know, you, you, you do want to avoid running backs, or maybe you just get one or two within your first six to eight picks, Sanders and Gordon are two guys that are I've seen fall in between round eight and round ten, where... I mean, nobody ran the ball better than Philadelphia last year. Of course, it was a lot of Jalen Hurts, but that offensive line is still one of the better ones. And, you know, he's on the end of a contract. They're not going to bring him back. I think they're actually going to give him a ton of carries. And then Denver, I think it was really telling for me. I like Javante Williams just like everybody else. But if you look at last year's stats, they were split, dead split in terms of carries. They had the exact same amount of carries, exact same amount of fantasy points uh, per game. A um, little bit more target usage and catches for Javante, but a little bit more goal line usage for Melvin Gordon. I don't think he's going anywhere. They brought him back for a reason. You talked earlier about committees across the league. We're seeing a lot of that. So I know it's not a sexy name, but it's a guy that I, I don't think will go anywhere. And it's a guy that could, for your RB3, your RB4, I mean, if they both finished as like top 20 running backs last year. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened either. Stacks is huge. It's yeah. key. I think you need to stack. I, I think you really do. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world, but you got to have some sort of stacks. You want to maximize your upside. There's a lot of cheap stacks out there. I just mentioned the who do you Eagles like? Who do you like one, any in the back? Anybody? I like the Raiders. I really like the Raiders this year as a as an interesting stack. I think Derek Carr has been anywhere over the past cheap. few years. He's been around quarterback 14. He's cheap. He's accurate. Uh, he's a few years removed now from having MVP votes. Remember, I had Crabtree and yep. Cooper along along his sides. And now I mentioned McDaniels, I think, is a plus for Carr. Oh, definitely. Um, you get an alpha in there and Devontae Adams, who he's very familiar with. I think in two years of college, they had 87 come Oh, they went bananas. Together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. Went bananas. You yeah. got Hunter Renfro inside the slot, who's a mismatched, terrific route runner. We saw him towards so the end of last season. <laughs> he's going to be so good. Darren Waller's a mismatch, too. The defense is okay. The pass rush is good. They still have some holes in their secondary. 
Think about the division that they're going to play. And think about the game totals, dude. That's going to be when they play the Chiefs twice a year, the the Chargers twice a year, the Broncos. Those game totals are going to be like fifty. You're going to see lots of points between those yeah. in those games. There's going to be lots of shootouts. The Raiders are cheap. You get your hands on Adams. You could get your hands on Adams. He's going to end a first early second. He's so, cheap too. Yeah, he's cheap. He's relative. cheap. You could, if you wanted to go Waller, sure. You get that edge on tight end, but Hunter Renfro uh, in there as well. And then you can get Derek Carr. So, oh, how about this, Chris? This is perfect. I've been rolling with this is perfect because the Raiders are actually a very good example of this. Uh, now, again, we're not re- you know we're not really breaking any news with stacks, but here here's where the thinking is. I have heard people say that you can kind of go too far with it. The mega stack, the super stack, the super duper triple stack, whatever you're going to call it. Do you think that we go too far? I am I'm, I'm not necessarily planting my flag that you go too far, but I have as I've been drafting and I'm I'm actively drafting kind of nonstop. I've been backing away from that four or five piece stack and getting more into like mini kind of correlations yeah. you know what i'm saying like I so like, like if that, i have the yeah. three quarterbacks so i mentioned maybe having three qbs maybe mm-hmm. having three guys that are all throwing passes to somebody and like it's actually you can actually do it you know if you you can do it with the jets because elijah moore kind of goes yep. later i see him as a big draft value and then garrett davis mm-hmm. is there and Corey davis is like forgotten and so is zach Wilson. oh yeah so that's yeah. totally late you mentioned justin fields i am so high on Justin Fields. Again, if I if I step on the rake, it'll be because I watch the games more than do the spreadsheets, which is funny, right? Because I'm very – I'm Mr. Yeah, spreadsheet yeah. when it comes to baseball. I'm like, <laughs> people say it's too much almost. And football, I'm like, yeah. dude, I have them. I have the stats. And I find I don't care about them almost whatsoever. If you watch Fields, God, I just – I draft ballers, bro. How stupid is that? Like, what kind of KP analysis? <laughs> but if you watched – Justin Fields evolved, and the, the play calling move with him, again, they yeah. had their struggles. The end of that season, you were like, yo, this guy. I actually thought, watching it, he was going to be the hot commodity this draft season. It has not It's been not. You know who it is? You know who everyone wants? It, everyone wants Trey Lance. Everyone wants Trey Lance, but like what, what could good be reason, the difference? With good reason, I think, these... but we haven't I get seen it. it. Exactly. The play calling is going to be better in San Fran. They have like – Yak monsters over there and Kittle and Debo and IU. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. But also Fields and maybe I was going to get into him actually a little bit later on as a future, but we could just dive into him now. Yeah, yeah, because we're, we're going to feel like anyway, so let's talk. I feel like um, there's a couple stacks I've written down here that are cheap and they are one. I mean, Justin Fields averaged 50, I think 51, in, in between 51, and 57 rushing yards per yep, game over the last game. seven games. You remember his first start? I think it was against Cleveland. He was sacked like nine times. They didn't have, they didn't one. They didn't run one run design. No, nobody in motion. They couldn't play to his strengths. See you later, Matt Nagy. Goodbye. And then they started to play to his strengths a little bit. Uh, You got Darnell Mooney, who's going to get 140 plus targets. One of my favorite values. Cole Komet. Cole Komet. I know a lot of people are in on Cole Komet, but I have him as a top 10 tight end. Yeah, I would much rather have him than taking the price and the cost on TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard. Agreed. Agreed. um, Zach Ertz. I give me Cole Komet. As a guy who finished inside the top 12 among tight ends and targets, catches, and yards, guess what? He had zero touchdowns. 
That stuff yeah. is, is going to change this year for Cole Komet. Silly. Into year three, no Jimmy Graham, the number two option in the passing game. Uh, defense is not great. Justin Fields is going to build a rapport with him. And you saw towards the end of last season, I think he had 12 catches in his first six games. And his last like six or seven, he like tripled that. So he's really he was really starting to carve out a role. That's a cheap stack that you can get behind. You get the rushing upside with Fields. Yes. Maybe a couple touchdowns, deep ball with Mooney. Maybe Komet's in there. He's going to um, move I, up. He has to move up. Yeah. Right? He, does. he has to. He um, has to. One of two without one of two players with sixty catches and zero touchdowns. The other one was Lavisca Chanel. We're gonna see Cole Komet get touchdowns this year. I don't yeah. know about Lavisca. We're certainly gonna see Cole. Lavisca drop. But I'm yes. You. I think. Um, I think what you said is awesome. A lot of people are willing to just go. Oh, I got. I got a Bengal stack, and I got a. I don't know if you can do Bengals and Bills, but I got a Bengal stack and I got a, I don't know, a Buck stack or something like. I got mega stacks. I think it's better to have three. They, yeah. like have three stacks have a quarterback you know what's funny that you mentioned that? or a tight end or or uh, yeah i actually managed to put together in it because they were minis like really good teams too kc and tampa bay with chicago and that was the thing that tricked that was the thing that triggered That's, it so i chicago's I gonna really be a game like, changer for you i don't really like kelsey so i skipped on kelsey but i managed to get mahomes alaire sky moore Right, so like there's like a little there's a little correlation there. Yeah, Mahomes can mini. do it with those yeah. guys or without them, right? Because and yeah. then because Brady is a is a QB two, he's going later. Evans I got mm-hmm. up front before Mahomes, so that one went. You know, Evans was the wide receiver one that I got with the later QB. Mahomes was the earlier QB that I got with more and more forgotten pieces. Then Fields right. was the third QB that really no one wanted with Mooney no wanted. in the middle. Yeah. And then I went to the back end that I have Byron Pringle on that one as on well. The, so you kind of have this favorite like, round target. It's like this ding, 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 ding. It's like yeah. every – I looked at this team, and I hate the roster bait because it's like the worst thing you could do. But I looked at it, and this this is what I want to get. And this is really all that I was hoping to get from you, Chris. Because, again, no one cares about some of the stuff, but the feathers we leave with them. Mm-hmm. You look at it, and you say, ADP be damned. Every yeah. week, I'm going in with Brady to Evans to Tyler Johnson. I'm going in with Pat Mahomes to Hilaire to Sky Moore. I'm going in yeah. with Justin Fields to Darnell Mooney to Byron Pringle. Every single week. Every week. That's how, To me, that's how you do it rather than uh, – and. and, and you know, it was not, it wasn't pick on you at all. Because I make this, I thought, again, I'm not, yeah. I shouldn't be asserting it's a mistake, but I did the super stacks and went back and said, yeah, on the week the Raiders score 45, I probably have the tits. But on the regular weeks, even with a yeah. 28 point output, you're, you might not get all of that. Right. Yeah. And if you drafted Waller, you sacrificed. And if you drafted Adams and Renfro, especially Renfro, he's an earlier two. Right. So you see where I'm going with this, the mega stack? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's uh, I you know I think a lot of people are more willing to like if they started off that stack that you were talking about with like Tampa and KC they'd be more like oh I got to get Russell Gage I got to get MBS too yes I and to, I kind like, of backed away yes, all yes. of those guys but to have that third team in there that that value team like the Raiders like the Bears um, yeah Jets are going to say too. Jets, oh, I think the other one, yes, very interesting good. one as well. Jared Goff, I know it's Jared Goff, but he has supported two top 10 wide receivers before in the yep. past. I know he had McVay with him, but Woods and Cup. But I really like, I know we may not see Jameson Williams for some time, but they I'm not drafting him. He's in trouble, right? Uh, I have him on the no draft yeah, list. Yeah, I would put him on the no draft list. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would put him on the no draft list because we may not be able to, we may not even see him till week eight, but you get Hawkinson in there who I did kind of crap on over a little bit, but Amon Ross St. Brown, Hawkinson, 
you could just get one of those two or maybe a DJ Chark in there, or maybe you have Swift and all of a sudden Goff, like Swift's going to catch 50 plus passes in that backfield. He may have a couple of receiving touchdowns. Goff is not costing you anything. How about the Saints? How about the value? There's a lot of question marks with the Saints and warranted. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Jameis Winston. Like that's a cheap stack that you have as well towards the end of your draft. And you having that third team in there, I think is a little bit more beneficial than having like two mega oh, Love that. Oh, and you know what's funny? You even, what we do, you you even mentioned, and I think it's important, right? Again, like you said, Chris, something that you're so very good at, being flexible, being malleable, trying to be proactive opposed to reactive and not being married to these stacks. But a guy like, I'm going to have to do it. Olave, whoa, <laughs> that is my boy. That is my absolute nice. boy this draft yeah. season. Complete to me. I had mentioned misprice. We ended up handling it within again. I had a feeling yeah. that I would just do the Garfield kind of Heathcliff cloud, and which is fine because again, that's what matters at the end of the day. People feel engaged. We leave them thinking. Uh, you know, we cover all the formats. I love that pick. I do think Michael Thomas will be back. It's possible he's will be effective. There's a lot of ifs there, and sure. you have to pay for it. I mean, gosh. Again, if there's any setback, I like to think of the what ifs. You know, how many, how many what ifs does it take to get this guy all the way up? One Michael Thomas ankle twist, and this guy is like top target. Right, we're not going to see Kamara to start. You mentioned getting out of the box early. You mentioned mm-hmm. getting into that wealth of wide receivers in the middle. A guy like Olave checks every single one of those boxes for me. Um, you know, among trying to make yeah. these kind of correlative pairs and stuff. So that's what I'm into. I'm more into trying to pair guys. You know, I have one that's interesting, like um, Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews. That's early, but you kind of circle mm-hmm. back and get Duvernay. So you can kind of yeah. leave that stack. I like that. Right, I hit it I early, like tack on a little yeah. Duvernay at the end, and you yeah. never know where that's going to go. You kind of leave yourself that that out, which I absolutely love. All right, we got to. I got to get out of here. We're right up at the hour. I want to see what else I can pick your brain before you go, Chris. You did such an awesome job. I love you, man. You're the man. All right, how about the futures thing? Just talk to me the theory, and I guess if you had one, that'd be okay. You you saw the outline, but just for people, listen, I'm a grump. Yeah. I'm a cheapo. I'm a nefarious <laughs> cheapskate. I have trouble. This is in general. So it's not like the poo-poo rain cloud, the NFL. It's just I don't like to hang up futures bets for minus 110 in the first place. I'm over here knocking down plus 125s, baby. You know what I mean? Like, what am I What am I hanging up 110 <laughs> for six months for? I got 145 on, you know, on somebody tonight. So that, that aside, yeah. then – I've yeah. done it before, and I got called a wet blanket. And I told, I've had people tell me, if you're going to bet like this, don't even put it in public. I took all of the running backs that I thought were being a little over expected on, and I took them all. I determined what I wanted to bet. I smashed all the unders, and I just figured I'm going to get the majority of them. And I did. I think I hit almost every single one of them. The majority of these overs do not hit. Football is incredibly hard, and the problem is oh, yeah. there isn't enough time to make up for it, right? So the twisted ankle that cost you. Two games, all of a sudden, two out of seventeen, and you lost one out of nine. I you know. lost twelve percent of your season, and now you can't make it up. Even if you go for a buck forty, a buck forty, a buck forty, the expectations yeah. can't meet the rate. And now the market, especially when we get close. So here's the last thing: Can we bet on overs? And I think if you're going to do it, you got to do it now because they move up, and that's when I swoop oh, in yeah. with the unders. The day before first kickoff, under, <laughs> under, 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 under. I mean, it's like a no <laughs> thing of mine. It's awful. I hate. It. I feel like the worst because guess what? Someone may or may not have an under J.K. Dobbins ticket already. You know what I mean? Right. What do you want to do? I know, dude. You're so sharp. That I I 
can't stand unders really and that's probably and it's we hate them and that's probably bad them. it's probably yeah it's bad to think like that um it really is i will give like an under here and there um you know in football throughout the season uh if like you said if like the market is just overvaluing a player or people are just like really hammering overs all of a sudden you find some value on unders but i'm with you on the season long stuff it's just so risky and honestly yeah. i learned the hard way myself of doing it you have to learn the hard way People like it. People want you to project. So, I mean, you you do find some edges. You know, some things worked out last year. And and some things are, you know, you get a little lucky. When K-Makers went down with the injury, all of a sudden, like, I saw Daryl Henderson at, like, 950 rushing yards. I'm like, no chance. Like, I'll take the under on that. Yeah, I know. Um, J.K. And Dobbins went like down. That. You hate to be like that, right? It's like, what are you doing? J.K. Dobbins went down. It's like I rushed to get to the under on Gus Edwards. Um, right, right, right. And then, or no, I think I went the other way. I rushed to get the over on Gus Edwards, and then all of a sudden he suffered an injury. There were some things that I hit on last year, um, like Devontae Smith with the Eagles. Like I think his receiver problems at like 700. It's like, okay, you, you see some edges – mostly with rookies and things like books are not sure where to kind of gauge those guys. So you can see some edges to take some overs, but this is like, we're being honest here. It's a brutal sport sport. There's tons of yeah. injuries. Like injuries just happen and you got to wait like four or five months, six months for, for this ticket that you said at minus minus one ten, minus minus one twenty. It's, it's not for me. If you're going to do it, I would I would dive into some unders. You could do division stuff. I got one here because I thought you were you were gonna bring this up. Like you could go Bills, Colts, Rams, Packers at plus eight hundred as like a division. Oh, I like parlay. that. See, that's cool. You're thinking you could do something like that. like that. Yes. Instead of taking the Bills at minus two twenty five or the Colts at minus one twenty five, you're not like, you're not into that. But you There's could no maybe value. parlay some division winners and okay, and have that's sure. Like I that. like that. No, that's but cool. I wouldn't take too many overs on props. There was one that I I was going to come at you with and it was fields but again he's a russian quarterback he's young uh some of these young quarterbacks learn the hard way by extending plays and getting smoked we saw that last year with fields a couple times he took some unnecessary hits huh? he missed some times 525 you seeing rushing prop i see yeah 499 over at bet mgm um over at the prop shop at oh we go you're going over you'd be looking at 499 i would oh, go over 499 i think points bet has met 599 i think as we oh get you mentioned that 50 yard floor season, okay i like the math although yeah. i like the math there okay i think okay. if you get over closer to the season this guy's probably in around six i could see him 625 650 again you can't take it all in but the last seven games, he averaged 51 rushing yards. Yeah, yeah. If you put that over 17, he's at 800 rushing yards. Say he's not getting 50 games, say he's getting 35 a game. Then we're still looking at the overhitting. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. Five, I at like 499. That. So, like, that's one that I don't mind. But honestly, I'm with you. I mean, hard. It's it, hard it is to get the boring on. answer, but it's tough to hammer these over. They juiced the a lot of times 130, 140. Oh, I, it's just no. like, because you know what's no, funny? I, I wonder often about the calculus because. Why pitch this at 130? Why not just move it up five yards? Uh, like, are we yeah, that particular? Exactly. Like, uh, again, and and this is me. I've Chris, I've always been the stupid guy going up against the Quan guys. And you know what? I have plenty of. I've lost many arounds and many a fight. But a lot of times afterwards, they're like, "Yo, man, maybe I got to pay more attention to stupid people because they have they have something to say." You know, sometimes you just like, how accurate do we think we are? That we're within five rushing yards over a season. I mean, 
gosh, missed tackles. You and I cut watched the Eagles basically. You were I you watched it with me as I rewatched it on Monday. Yeah. So I would you I was were always like, yeah. yeah, you were. You were I listening to me on Monday about the Eagles yeah. plays. Like, yeah, you were you were Dude. it was I was awesome. I, I know it was very funny to hear from you the next morning to get your thoughts because I knew that you were watching all the I knew that you cared from all the but games. Yeah. There was not a team, and that'll be the last thing of of again, people, Mr. Stat here telling you be very weary of the statistics not only yeah. are the samples very small many of them if not all of them are so vulnerable to the other ongoing variables absolutely that they're almost spoiled totally i hate i'm trust me i, I love analytical nfl work i really love the people that do it i collect it i follow it i read it but when it comes down to it a lot of times you watch it and you're like a guy like fields you know what one the thing progression, i will man, say you know, yeah, I, I think we nailed it. I think we honestly, like it really is not worth your money. Um, I think if you want to get involved in like some NFL futures, you try things like I'm looking at DraftKings comeback player of the year, like That's Al Robinson cool. 25 to one. Like, oh, he's I, like, good. See, you're always very that. good with that. You're very good. Like, with that's how you do it. Boom. Uh, that's how you do it. That that's how you that's how you try to find some good. value. I mean, Al no, Robinson, best quarterback he's ever played with this year, and yep. Stafford and uh, yep. and and um, Sean McVay, best play caller. Yeah, Robert Woods was good as a number two in that offense. Odell Beckham Jr. was fantastic as a number two. Dude, in that I'm running. I'm playoffs. running to that book. I'm running to the book right now. Twenty five to one on DK. Like like Henry and Jameis, these guys are favored CMC, but like Allen Robinson, would anybody be shocked if he had That's like a, a double digit touchdown season and and things like that? Or maybe take some shots on, um, you know, why did you have to play? To, and like Etn has a chance, right? Because he didn't really play at all. Does Etn has a chance. He's twenty five to one. I, I don't think he would really qualify. Like what? What? So why would he be a comeback player of the year? Like if he yeah, had a he, really good yeah. campaign, we didn't. He got hurt before he played. Him, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if that right. one would truly count, but like Robinson does stand out there to me. At so how about those giants one. you mentioned? Um, so so now, what if I could take the yeah. work again for the third time, the very last thing? Because I'm, dude, yeah. I'm I'm a sponge right now. You're talking about the major moves with bad teams. Should that be a place to look for? Like, so does that make I don't know Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, right? I'm just just to put names to the teams, right? Trevor Lawrence. We mentioned bad teams that could undergo a transformation. Remember, these things are awarded by people. So it's generally, right, running back, quarterback, yeah. more or less, maybe a yeah. defensive end, more or less, maybe. generally. Maybe. But it has been, I think, for the most part, quarterbacks. I think Dak may have got it one year. Um, of We saw Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow potentially Yeah, it got to be a qu year. quarterback. So it's, it's the first place to look. Quarterback, with. yeah. I mean, and if you look up at the top, I mean, Jameis is five plus 550. Like, I don't think, like, he's going to have the type of season where it's like – Oh, Ooh, how about like Russ? What's Russ' but price? Russ, um, he's maybe my Russ pick right actually, now. Yeah. He didn't have a good even, season. I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at it now. Believe it or not, for, I don't see him. But I he went for 3,100 yards through the air, 25 touchdowns to six picks, less than 200 yards on the ground. We don't really expect that to two rushing yeah. teams. There's a chance he him, sits dude. back to sling. Right, he could throw for forty two hundred yards. No, maybe. oh, he could, he could. I, I, I don't see him here on DK, but it's something to keep an eye on. Maybe he, the only quarterbacks I see are just guys that I just don't think it could be like game changers, like Winston Jones, Trubisky, Marcus no Daniel Mariota. Jones. I don't, you don't think so? A lot of running. I, I don't think fully. I, not at that price. I think, I think he could potentially win the award. Uh, you know, with Brian Dable there, as we talked about. How about my guy? How about my guy? Dude, I have to both. I have to not be a fraud, right? If you do your work, we you got to believe in it. I did that triple slash work and the two people that just jumped out and i guess they could both be mark the boxes here would be 
Marvin Jones was off the page from a usage standpoint. Oh, yeah. So yeah. they were garbage. He's on the bad team. Good quarterback. Yeah. And the yeah. other one was uh, oh man, how'd I drop this one? Um Devontae Parker with the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Right. So yeah. he was he was a kind of a prototypical number one. We've seen yeah. him get fed. I mean, we have seen him just oh, absolutely yeah. get fed. He's kind of always hurt, but mm-hmm. there's no I mentioned this to you on Twitter. There's no target hog right now. And I'm not saying right. I expect him to go and get it. Hold on. Possible that he's good for like eight catches a game. It's definitely possible, right? Well, it's very possible. Yeah. And he's got a nose Belichick's for the end zone. seen him up like, close too, right? Huh? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. That's perfect. very you up know, close. And you know that conversation happened when they signed That's what that I'm guy, saying. Right? That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like, That's not in the yeah. ba- in the spreadsheet, dude. You know what I mean? No, no. Like, yeah, we've seen this guy twice a year for mo- multiple years. Like, this, And he's beaten him too. Changer. He's beaten him. He's beaten him multiple times. He's, I mean, he has a nose for the end zone. Jacoby Myers does not. Kendra Bourne's Big a nice boy. player, but whatever. Yeah, Devontae Parker is an interesting one. Um, yeah, I was doing yeah. a bit of diving into him. He's also very he's very good on both sides of the quarterback. He's very good at all of the different routes. He can go deep. He can post. He can hook in. We've seen yeah. him with – the problem he's had is – I was trying to figure out, like, why no one wanted him. He has some of the lowest kind of separation numbers and stuff that is out there. Yeah. But, man, I don't know if that – man, that in 275 might get you on the bus if you're getting enough targets. So, oh, yeah, know, for man. sure. Another one I'll throw up. I mean, Cam Akers, 25 to 1, is like a guy with the Achilles injury. Like, Very good. I, even one. though he came Very back last one. year, that's not bad. Robert Woods is 50 to 1. Like, these are things I'd rather t- take a little shot on. A little hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Just, just hold on, people. Think about this. You could take – $110 to win $100 on one player prop. Yeah. Or take the $100, split it yeah. on the 12 or 15 things Chris and I just laid out, where you can hit more than one of those. You know, comeback yeah. player with an MVP or one of those things. Yeah. And just hit the total exponential growth there. And I think that's how you yeah. play player futures. I think if you're focused on minus 110, I don't think you should put your money on the shelf for months. All right, Chris, that'll yeah. do it. I got to get out of here. I really appreciate yeah. you. I mean, we were already friends. I don't know if, we're, if you're ready for an American, <laughs> if you're ready for an American bestie, but I promise you, if I do oh, see you at that, if I see you at that flex league, and you will, do You'll not drive, do not yeah. drive. And if I find out you have one green American dollar on you, if I find out you have one American dollar on you, anything outside of your emergency credit card, you are going, you are going to be in trouble, my friend, because those <laughs> drinks are on me. You bet your ace on it man Chris, we appreciate you. everybody rate review and subscribe to the channel audio only pod fantasy football picks and bets chris meany just the absolute man i mean the nicest guy it, god can we just give it up to pat one more time absolutely the collection of kind of crazy people that he's put together this yeah. unique eclectic group of wild with smart but personal i have never been more flattered to be included in any group really I mean, usually the groups are you fit. Us, you fit right in, dude. A good addition. Which, I know, which I know, in some places is an insult, which I like. <laughs> which is the whole point. Which is the whole yeah. damn point of this because we are doing it differently. Everybody, thank you so much. Mayo Media Net 2022. Keep it up. I'm going to keep up the legends. I've just had goat after goat after goat. We'll keep it up. And then everything MLB moving averages. Gosh, if you are looking for baseball right now, I think we are doing it like no one else is. And God, if you could stomach any more, you really want to make money. I think I have the tools. If you want to make money, Chris is the man for that. Chris, gosh, your betting record speaks for itself. I, I've, you're the only person I've tailed blind in my entire life. So there, how do you like that? Last compliment on the way out the door. All right, everybody, peace. Maddie Best, sorry for going over now. We love you, everybody. Enjoy it. Love peace. you. Peace. <laughs>